ready to talk about bad accents and dead bodies. I am. We are. Welcome to episode five of the Mutant Musings podcast, where we talk about all things X-Men all the time. It's December 2016, and we'll be discussing some comics and news from November 2016. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is Triple X-23. Oh, fuck, that's me. Patty. Although the X-Men have been pushed into a small corner of the Marvel Universe in recent years, we're here to let people know that there still exist die-hard X-Men fans. Maybe die was the wrong word to use, but we'll get to that a little bit later. And speaking of which, Jonathan and I are such a cute couple that we didn't even plan this, but we're both wearing X-Men shirts today. I know. Isn't that cute? We're cute. I'm sure everybody out there is like, oh God, they're so cute right now. We're cute. I'm sure nobody's vomiting all over themselves in their car. You can if you're into that. I'm not going to judge. Yeah, don't judge. Um Okay, so uh, we've got a, a lot of stuff on the agenda today. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about Death of X and Inhumans versus X-Men. But the first thing that I wanted to talk about was one comic that I probably hate more than any other comic that I've read in recent memory. <clears throat> and that is Spider-Man Deadpool number 11. Now, right off the bat, neither Spider-Man or Deadpool are mutants. So why are we talking about this book? Well, you'll find out in a little bit. I don't know if anyone out there listening, well, if anyone is to begin with, or um, if anybody out there reads uh, Spider-Man Deadpool, it's a good series. I I have to say that. I definitely enjoy it. Um, It's kind of cool that Marvel seemed to listen to fans that were putting these characters together and making, you know, funny little drawings of them, putting it all over the internet. Um, So they made a series out of it, and it's been good so far, but what they decided to do was bring a guest writer on (gasps) for this issue. Who is the guest writer? Penn Jillette. Who is that? Penn Jillette of Penn & Teller. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I guess he thought he was he was gonna be funny. I guess he he does think he's funny. I I, I don't know. Penn and Teller are are pretty entertaining. I I've seen some of their magic bits before, but I would my my advice for Penn Jillette and nothing personal against the guy. Not like he's ever gonna hear this anyway. Is stick to your magic because this was not a good comic book. I guess he thought he was being funny by making all these jokes at himself and like really going over the top, breaking the fourth wall. And like the character Pen is acknowledging that Pen is writing it and it's just really corny. And then Deadpool loses a card game and becomes Teller. So then Teller becomes Deadpool and Spider-Man wonders why Deadpool is being so quiet. And, you know, I mean, the premise sounds good enough, but the execution was terrible and there were a lot of like editor's notes and little boxes like explaining certain things and it was supposed to be funny and I it wasn't I thought you fun. liked little boxes. I <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and can we just talk about um does Penn Gillette know French or did he just think it was a good idea that he could fake his way through French? Did he like take French 101 at his community college and then was like, <laughs> at "Hey, magic school? Yeah, his community <laughs> college magic school. And I uh, was like, hey, let me write this uh, comic book with some really bad French. And uh, I do have a friend, Kaylee, who lives in Quebec. And French was her first language. And I showed her the uh, some of the panels. And she's like, this sounds really clunky. This is really terrible. So if you guys know the character Taro, uh, she was in New Mutants and... Um, X-Force. 
And X-Force, yeah. She was part of the uh, Hellions. So I don't, I read all of the issues with her in it. And I don't remember them even mentioning that she was French, let alone like making a big deal out of it. And she was wearing a fucking beret and just like everything was French and with a bad accent. And I'm like, it, uh, like, first of all, you're taking this character who's basically D-list. You're just like putting her in the spotlight and changing her persona and her characterizations so much. Like, why didn't he just pick a different character like fucking Gambit or something? You know, like people know he's French and they they did make a bit about that recently, making fun of how over the top French he is. But like maybe he picked Taro because like he could kind of make his own personality since she hasn't really been incorporated in comics in like 20 years. Yeah, um... I, uh, what, her name is, like, um, I think it's Marie-Ange Colbert. That's her real name. It's, it's known that she's French, but I, I think this is another one of those things where they, like, didn't ever really explain it in the comics. I'm certain that she appeared in, like, one of those handbook of the Marvel Universe things, and that's where you find out this information about her. But, yeah, I agree. She was never given a whole lot of characterization. Uh, and then they just decided, like, oh, you know, the French language can be funny. Let's be really insulting and say things like la harangani or whatever the fuck it was. And uh, Penn is just like, I can write that. Give me a French character. And and so I looked at who the editor is on this book, and it's Nick Lowe. And Nick Lowe was the editor of the X titles for many years. And he was just like, you know, well, Gambit and Phantom X are out. So here's fucking la harangani. And uh, fucking Taro can say that. And there's like even one, like, panel of her where it's just her face close up and she looks like a fucking frog and it's just it's really it was it's really funny bad. because the french eat frogs don't they yeah exactly like it, it all comes back to that so pendulette is not a very remarkable ri- comic book writer anyway i i don't know it was just it was really stupid it was almost like an advertisement for pen and teller because teller is doing all these stupid magic tricks with tarot's tarot cards and, you know, then it ends up being, like, he switches the deck with playing cards and Spider-Man, you know, like, traps her and whatever. Then, you know, I mean, this comic could not end, like, soon enough for me, honestly. I was so happy to see Tarot. I was like, oh, my fucking God. Uh, and then they just did this with her, and it was just a terrible, terrible book. Uh, okay, so one part that I actually thought was funny was uh, when Deadpool uh, lost this bet. So he had to, like, star as Teller in their um, magic show. And Penn was doing all of these quote unquote magic tricks where he would just like impale Deadpool and like stab him through the stomach. And I thought that was funny because, you know, he couldn't talk or whatever. And uh, then at the end of the book, when they got to go back to being Deadpool and Teller respectively, um, there was an angry mob basically at Penn and Teller's show saying like we didn't want to see these fucking card tricks we wanted to see you in Pale Teller yeah so funny so shut up <laughs> so funny I, I mean that certainly had me in stitches um whatever like I, I get it we talked about this the day after I think it came out or not long after and you were saying that you thought it was funny and um you know I was just like um I hated it it was it was time that I wasted that I will never get back but and now whatever. you just spent like seven minutes talking about it, so shut up. All right, whatever. All right, <clears throat> so moving on. 
Uh, now we're going to get into the good stuff relatively. Uh, I don't know what anybody else thought about Death of X and IVX and XXX and whatever, but um, I, I thought it was interesting. So we're going to start off with uh, De Death of X number three. And where we left off was, you know, the X-Men were passed out in the middle of the street from drinking too hard. No, just yeah, kidding. The sounds like me. The <laughs> Inhumans uh, put them to sleep. They're discussing what Daisuke's fucking code name is going to be and he says he wants to be called downer so i guess he's going to be the master of going down or uh, he's just like a depressant like alcohol <laughs> that they were drinking to get them passed out in the true. middle of the street very true i didn't even think about that good connection all the mutants are passed out in the street and the inhumans are hanging out on top of some building and they're just talking to each other about like oh uh, the x-men will understand we'll just explain it to them when they wake up and you know then storm wakes up and, you know, young Cyclops, old Iceman realize that everyone is asleep except for the Inhumans are just standing around and talking. And the X-Men are pissed and they confront the Inhumans. Um, then Downer's like, I can put them all to sleep again. And, like, no one's, they just start arguing and bickering and nobody's listening to anybody else. But, you know, then uh, Cyclops and Emma had this plan that Magneto was a part of. He grabbed some random mutants. Uh, who do you have? Colossus, Warpath, Rockslide, and Wolfsbane. And um, he takes them and goes over to the fucking building in Madrid and just starts swirling all these fucking metal beams around him to kind of trap them there because Cyclops has a fucking plan, apparently. Just just to cut in here, uh, I was totally into uh, Magneto swinging his beams around. <laughs> those, uh, those old man magnetic balls. Yeah, those uh, long, hard steel beams. <laughs> Thank you, Sir Ian McKellen. <clears throat> so Cyclops is talking to this mutant. Uh, what was he in? I think he was in some issues of X Factor a very long time ago. His name is Alchemy. And yeah, I don't fucking remember him. Yeah, nobody does. So, well, whatever. That's why they picked him. He's expendable. Um, but he can kind of fucking transmute the molecules of whatever something is or something and he's called alchemy so clever so scott convinces this kid to be an x-man for a day so the book essentially ends with cyclops emma the cuckoos magic alchemy and sunfire that uh angry little japanese guy uh they start walking towards the mist because they've got some uh plan i thought that this issue was pretty interesting um i thought it was relatively well paced except you know, all the bickering <laughs> between the X-Men and the Inhumans. Like, seriously, it's like fucking siblings fighting with each other. You know, it's kind of just fucking bickering with each other. And, like, this shit's getting serious. You have these two really powerful factions who can just fucking wipe each other out and wipe the entire planet out. You know, it's like the United States and Russia going to fucking war. Um, it's just like nuclear warheads that are just ready to go off at any moment. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, mm, never mind. Uh, okay, so something about this issue that I picked up on that I thought was really interesting was when Cyclops went to talk to Alchemy, he wasn't like pushy at all. He, um, Cyclops is all about consent. Cyclops <laughs> has always been all about consent. So Cyclops was like talking to this dude and he, this dude is like, I don't know, some fucking like, physicist or some shit i don't know um or alchemist or or alchemist whatever Maybe. whatever the fuck he does like basically like this guy alchemy is just like got this boring day job he's like this boring white looking dude who probably sits at a cubicle all day which is hey what i do so cyclops is like hey remember that time that we saved you i'm not trying to hold that over your head at all 
but all of us are in danger unless you help us. But the decision is totally <laughs> up to you. So you can do whatever you want and we promise we won't be mad at you. And I'm like, yeah, okay. This is like, it's like, you know, when teachers are like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Like, you know, it has, it has the same effect basically. Yeah. Cyclops is like the fucking scary stepfather. Really fucking intimidating. I thought you were going to say Scary Spice, and I was like, no, but we talked about the Spice Girls last episode. But we can talk about the Spice Girls again. I mean, fuck, why not? Why haven't they made a sequel to Spice World yet? Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, I just thought it was very funny that they picked this dude, Alchemy, so fucking obscure that's like, you know, out of- Too obscure for you? Yeah, too obscure for me. I mean, I'm all about the D list. Um, He's all about the D. The D. Just stop there. List. D, man. But um, no, I, I thought that this was a good issue. Like I said, pretty well paced. Uh, the Inhumans definitely look like the assholes. Th- that was obviously, you know, the writers did that on purpose. So there could be some sort of fucking compl- conflict. It seemed kind of stupid that it's like, oh, well, while these guys are passed out, let's just go stand over here so that when they wake up, they can talk amongst each other and speculate about what the fuck just happened to them. Maybe they'll think that we slipped them some roofies or something like that. Like, really? They didn't think about that? But it was cool nonetheless, and I was really uh, excited to see, you know, I love Warpath and Rockslide, and I just wanted to see them fucking punch some fucking fuck fucking humans fuck 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 fuckity fuck. fucking humans in the face um warpath and rocksteady <laughs> that's it right that's what we're talking about uh yeah mm-hmm. okay that, <laughs> that's it rocksteady and bebop that's it. and then rockslide and bebop and then these green guys showed up rockslide and warbop <laughs> <laughs> okay guys i'm a huge nerd there's the uh there's the title of this episode um <laughs> All right, so moving on, because, you know, it wasn't just this one issue that came out. We had Death of X number four came out like two weeks later. So Magneto has the Inhumans and Storm's team contained with those fucking, with it with his giant metal beam. Long, <laughs> hard beams. And uh, every time you think about that, just think of Ian McKellen. Oh, I, I do. And uh, so Storm realizes that he's just doing it to kind of contain them and... Um, you know, mutants are about to attack the Terrigen Cloud. They all figure it out. And fucking Sunfire has alchemy in the air outside the Terrigen Cloud. And fucking uh, the Inhuman Royals arrive. You've got fucking Queen uh, Medusa and uh, Bitch Bolt. And, and Black um, Balls. Yeah, Black Balls. And uh, some Inhuman named Inferno uh, blasts Sunfire. And he drops alchemy. And alchemy is on the ground. His fucking arm's broken. He's fucking crying like a little pussy. Yeah, Scott was Scott was like, hey, stop being a pussy. Remember when I told you it was your choice? It's not your choice anymore. <laughs> Get your yeah. shit together, kid. <laughs> hey, you know how many times I broke my arm? You know how many times this blonde bimbo has broken my heart? Do you see that stopping me? Also, uh, just, oh, we didn't talk about that yet, did we? What? That uh, this whole time, Scott's not actually. Whoa, 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 oh. whoa, 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 whoa spoilers these people these people may not have read the issue and may be listening to us to describe it to them so they can get the full story we don't want to get ahead of ourselves i'm so, i'm so sorry to our one listener who will it's be okay. me listening to this on the way to school our two listeners it's gonna be me too listening to all right anyway <clears throat> so Scott convinces alchemy to be a good boy scout and get up and try again fucking pussy <laughs> and uh 
the uh, the cuckoos know about the royal psychic defenses, so magic teleports in and stabs Black Bolt, and then she points and laughs and runs Fuck away. Yeah. <laughs> and she runs away. She's my role model. So I want to call her daddy. Do you think that magic would get upset if I called her daddy? No, but can I be there when you do it? Because <laughs> I want to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the. All right, so alchemy changes the cloud, and Sunfire brings him back down, <laughs> and the dude's, uh, he's all fucking blistery. I don't know. He caught something while he was up there. Okay, okay. Syphilis or something. I don't know. This was, this Alchemy was... your way out of that, buddy. <laughs> this was really funny, though, because, um... After he got dropped on the ground, Alchemy was like pleading with Sunfire and he was like, please, whatever you do, don't let me touch the cloud. And Sunfire was like, no, 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 man, I got you. I got you, trust fall. I got your back, man. And then when they got back on the ground the second time, uh, Sunfire was like, hey, okay, guys, we didn't, we didn't let Alchemy touch the cloud. And then Alchemy is just like fucking like breaking out in blisters and shit in the side panel. And then they're like, oh. Well, remember how you volunteered for this? Yeah. You signed a waiver. Yeah, you should have read the the fine print, buddy. Sorry about that. Sorry, Um, now you're dead and nobody cares about you. Yeah, well, but on to the important stuff. One of the clouds is gone. Yeah, so uh, one of the clouds is gone, and it's all red and shit, and it looks really ominous, but then Scott decides to go out and confront Medusa and Black Bolt, and he has this nice little monologue. And the, the whole point is that he refuses to be taken a prisoner. He's been everything he could be throughout his life, from hero to villain. He believes that now, like, he, he, like nothing can touch him. He's become nothing more than an idea. And what was interesting here is Medusa actually seems sad while listening to him, I guess because she knows what's about to happen. But Cyclops has readied himself to fucking blast her. And uh-huh. right at that moment... Storm's team, the rest of the humans, everyone arrives to the fucking party, and then Black Bolt just disintegrates him with his voice. And the funniest part about all this is that Young Scott got to watch that happen. I'm sure that's not going to fuck him up at all. Young Scott likes to watch. That's, <laughs> that's what I've heard. No, but okay, so I didn't understand really why um, when Black Bolt got there, he just fucking killed Cyclops. It didn't really make sense to me. In, like, the whole context of what happens. Like, they were trying to make up. They realized what was happening, and they destroyed the cloud. Okay, but why kill Cyclops is um, Black Bolt's just not a fan of monologues? (laughs) Like, (laughs) why? Well, I mean, you know, they they took out the one fucking cloud, and the, the, you know, idea was that he was going to go do that same thing to the second one and the inhumans didn't want that to happen you know they need the fucking terrigen floating around so they can have more inhumans i again you know cyclops intention was to go get rid of that second one and black bolt just was basically like nobody that's probably literally what he said nobody and then you know cyclops just disintegrates yeah i don't i don't get that still like you know it wasn't him alone who was planning on it maybe black bolt was just like having his period or something at that time like what well i think um you know cyclops would just talk some shit to his lady friend you know and black Bolt's like hey listen buddy you're not gonna get away with that shit it's like uh it just reminds me like oh well you took two of my men so uh you have to sing me a song <laughs> what that's a that's a walking dead reference for anybody spoilers but that, that 
Okay. <laughs> oh, oh my god, two people died in The Walking Dead. Holy shit. What the fuck? People die on that show? God. I I can't watch it now. Um, Too much violence. <clears throat> all right. Well, in any case, so you cut to Storm giving a eulogy at Cyclops' funeral, and uh, Emma and uh, Alex are talking. Apparently, Storm negotiated a, a truce between the Inhumans and the mutants, but Alex knows just something is not right, so Emma decided to show him uh, her boobies. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so here's the big reveal, and I fucking knew somebody something was up. I knew something was up in issue one. Scott was dead the whole time. Scott was Scott fucking died in the lab on Muir Island in issue one, but Emma was not going to let him go out like a bitch. So <clears throat> I, I fucking knew it. Those little fucking things popped in front of his eyes, and he's just he falls fucking backwards. And then, you know, they, Pussy. they, they cut to it, and he's Cyclops, as he's like all the skins turn into boils, and he's fucking dying there. It's just like, you know, don't let this end. And Emma felt, yeah, his death had to mean more. He deserved something more. So this entire time, Scott was an illusion that she was projecting. And so this also brings us back to issue number two, when Emma was broadcasting uh, Scott's message to you know everyone on the world and all the chipmunks and squirrels and shit. The cuckoos looking at each other and they said, "Hey, did you notice?" Like I, I was like, "Wait, what? The, what? What the? What the fuck was that?" I knew something was up. Honestly, though, I did not see this one coming. I, I thought it was. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, leave it to you know Marvel to throw something out out of left field like this, and that's great. That's fine. It was entertaining, regardless of what you think about it. This was not something I, 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 that was expected. Certainly. Um, they've been talking about how Black Bolt killed Cyclops. You know, he attacked the Inhumans and got himself killed. And there was, it makes sense. There was no way they were going to let it be as straightforward as him just fucking talking some shit to Medusa and then her boyfriend decides to just fucking talk at him. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't, ugh, I was reading this issue and uh, you hadn't read it yet. And I was like, can you just please just stop everything you're doing and read it now? I have so many emotions and I need you to hold me. And you were like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to the bathroom or whatever. And I'm like, eh, that that can wait. Yep. Just uh, just read it. And word for word conversation that happened. Yeah. I was just like, please, I, I need to, I need, I need you right now. Well, listen, listen, this, this, uh, yeah, this was kind of tough. And, and considering how much I've loved Cyclops uh, over the, you know, past decade or so, he's just been fucking amazing. But um, Emma, Emma has been really fucking awesome here. Like for her to do that. And then that last panel, she's got, you know, just that look in her eyes, that look on her face. It just gave me chills. And I'm like, fuck, like. I've never had anything against Emma Frost. I've always thought that she I was. Have. I know you have. I've always thought she was awesome. Uh, but now I'm like, I'm. I just. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm in love. I'm in love with Emma Frost. Don't break my heart like this. But also, <laughs> I'm kind of in love with Emma Frost too. So Good. maybe we can share her. Or something. That's right. That's right. Oh, and uh, also, going back to what I said before about um, how Scott was always into consent, that was actually Emma Frost. So who would have thought that Emma Frost was into consent? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So all of this leads us into Inhumans versus X Men number zero. Yeah, and I'm I'm sorry though, but like nobody nobody else re realized that this was a mental projection. But 
whatever. So we got IVX number zero, and remember, kids, the V is for vagina. Uh, okay, but IVX, it's like an uh, intravenous X. Like, it sounds like an intravenous drug. <laughs> Listen, that, stop trying to peddle your wares to children are listening, all right? Stop it. <clears throat> you just you just literally said, remember, kids, that V is for vagina, so you can suck my dick. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay, so we've got these in human. I don't know how to pronounce this, if it's... ISO or, or ISO or is O, as in is orgasm, because the V is for vagina, um, who's working with Beast on a way to help mutants and uh, says, hey, so maybe we can just fucking delete the X gene. Uh, we'll just cut the X gene out and everybody's going to be okay. So maybe we can excise your fucking face from your fucking fuck. How about that? And to be honest here, like I'm not going to go word for word what Beast was saying because it was a lot, but it was a lot of kind of crazy ranting and it seemed like he was kind of losing his shit a little bit i don't know if this was done on purpose to kind of illustrate how he's losing his mind a bit that you know mutants i mean are in like a really bad place right now obviously but still the guy's working with the fucking inhumans but i'm just looking at him like smiling taking selfies and like bro like i knew you were losing your shit a little bit but like you're really fucking going off the deep end uh, here's a fun fact. Jonathan used to have a gerbil named Beast. I did. I did. I had a gerbil named Beast, and I, I named it after Beast. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you could kind of see him losing his shit unrelated in, um, was it All New X-Men, where he was, like, uh, where young Cyclops was playing the video game, and, uh, Beast was ignoring him. Oh, yeah, but that because was... Because he was in the lab, but th- that was Young Beast? That was Young Hank. Oh, That okay. was Young Hank. Well, whatever, same thing. <laughs> yeah. So we then, uh, you know, we've got, a a little bit of, um, you know, Emma kind of grieving, um, even though not really. She's by Cyclops' grave, and she's fucking throwing herself off of a cliff, and changing into her diamond form like right before she hits the fucking ground, which is very Shakespearean of her. She wants to, you know, face Black Bolt and be ready for battle. And, um, you know, the cuckoos fucking knew it was just a projection. You know, they cut to the Inhumans on their fucking ship and they're just talking shit about the mutants. And listen, just the mutants had every right to be pissed and destroy one of your clouds. Like um, the X-Men aren't just straight up killers. They're really like some of these inhuman kids are just like, oh, you know, these mutants just want war and all this shit. And like, you know, think about how you would feel if you were in their position. Um, <clears throat> I agree completely. Like the inhumans are taking this like totally like, OK, it's not an attack against you. It's protection for us. Yeah. So like does the fact that you want to have more of your fucking cocoon baby things <laughs> like is that more important than us being alive like really like you're you're saying that you know some like some kid potential to grow a pair of wings or whatever the fuck fucking wings in his mouth because most of the inhuman's powers are totally useless is more important than you know all all of the millions of mutants who are in the world like that how conceited fucking are you? Well, you know what? They're fucking teenagers, and this is why fucking teenagers are, are awful. Unless you're listening to this and you're a teenager, you're cool. The rest of the fucking teenagers out there are fucking awful. Uh, fucking hate kids. Um, unless you're a kid and you're listening to this, then then be a good kid and do well in school. And don't do drugs. Don't listen to Patty. <clears throat> um, 
Iso is, you know, trying to tell these fucking teenagers that Beast is trying to avoid violence. He wants to find a cure for M-Pox while there's still, you know, a truce going on. And then, you know, after after Emma is done throwing herself off the cliff a bunch of times, she goes and meets with Eric. And, um, you know, he warns her about the danger of trying to finish the job because that's what she's trying to do. She's, she's going recruiting. Uh, he's got a point that, you know... Crystal is following the cloud around, like, in their fucking ship. They're like, you know, oh, this is humanitarian. We just want to be there when a new inhuman sprouts out of his little cocoon. But no, they're on a battleship. And if somebody goes after the cloud again, like, they're fucking ready. Um, so it's something to consider before making a move. But Emma is still sure of her plan, and she needs dark things done. And Eric is so dark. Yeah, okay, so this is the thing. Emma said, uh... I need dark things done, and you're the darkest man I know. And I'm uh, like, uh, really? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I see where this is going. Uh-huh. I'm no, gonna, that's... I'm going to wait over here. <laughs> um, okay. So something else. So Beast was researching it when he was researching with ISO, because we kind of were going all over the place in this issue. Uh, we kind of started with them, and then we went to see the Inhumans, and then we got to see Emma parading around, going to meet with all the respective mutants. So Beast and Iso went to the Savage Land for some reason to check if there was any Terrigen Mist there, and uh, he had gotten a reading that there was like a huge spike in Terrigen Mist in the Savage Land. And Iso saw him, like, perk up and was like, hey, bro, what's up? The next panel is him thinking because he had overheard a conversation that Medusa was having with the rest of her family where she said, the mutants want war. It's kind of inevitable. We're not going to start it, but we have to end it. So Beast was thinking this, and he knew obviously that there was the Terrigen in the Savage Lands and he didn't tell Iso because it's become apparent that the Inhumans aren't his allies anymore. You know, he's got to stick to his own kind and I think that he's realizing that now. I don't know about that one. Uh, I really don't. I, I Listen, and what, what you're saying makes sense and I could see it happening. I don't think it will. Um, I think Beast has kind of, because think about it, in um, in Uncanny number uh, 600, Uncanny 600, which came out, I think it was maybe the beginning of this year or the end of last year. It was right around, you know, the end of Secret Wars. So in any case, all the X-Men, like mutants had an intervention for Beast for all of his fucking around with like, you know, time travel and shit and bringing the kids uh, to the present day. And... It's like they they all had this intervention and he was really pissed. He felt really betrayed and upset and was like pointing his finger at everyone else. And then he fucking left. He just upped and left. So honestly, I could see him sticking with the Inhumans on this one, even if he's in danger of getting M-Pox and I don't know what's going to happen to him. To be honest, I don't know how much I care anymore. I mean, you know, Beast has been, you know, a a cool character. Don't get me wrong. Um, But... He's just, I don't know, the way that that they're portraying him, I think it's leading towards something. I'm wondering if they're going to fucking kill him off. If he's just like, you know, the one in the horror movie that goes crazy and then, you know, you don't expect it, all of a sudden he gets stabbed in the fucking heart. 
No, I mean, I understand, but you know how, um, you know, different writers. Okay, so we talked about this before. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or if we talked about it on the shuttle on the way to school. Okay, so you're never going to get a completely consistent story when it comes to comic Uh, books because, you know, if you're reading Game of Thrones or whatever, you know, obviously it's going to be consistent. The writing style is going to be consistent. Like, everything is going to be consistent because it's one writer through all of these books. Now, if you're reading X-Men and you've been reading X-Men since the 60s, there is going to be a lot of differences. And even if you're reading Uncanny from volume three to volume four, there's going to be a lot of changes. You know, certain writers won't remember certain things, certain or think that they're not important and not include them. Like, you know how I'm still upset that uh, Skids and Rusty Collins aren't <laughs> aren't incorporated in the X-Verse anymore. So just like stuff like that, like, you know, each writer has a different take on it. And I know that this was supposed to be kind of a prequel to that because Scott was dead already, right? Yeah, okay. So Scott was dead already. So, you know, maybe, I mean, I didn't even remember that. So the writers probably didn't remember that. What I got from this book was that they were really pushing that uh, Beast overheard this conversation when Iso was asking him what was wrong there was just a whole page of his face, but like with transparent like minds. And it was just like all these thoughts about like all the mutants had gone through with like sentinels and like all of his friends and stuff. And he was like, no, nothing it's fine. Yeah, no, I, I get you. I, I get you. I do get that. I don't know. I mean, we'll see what, what, you know, happens going forward. Um, but you know, the big, the big reveal in this book was that um, the, each X gene, that the mist attacks with the Zempox is unique. So we're not looking at one cure for Mpox. We're looking at hundreds um, that need to be created because it has to be tailored to each mutant's X gene. So then that's when Medusa warns the royals that mutants are going to lose their patience and they got to be ready for that. And then we have Emma talking to the young X-Men, someone at the Hellfire Club, meeting up with Storm, um... Who just got off the phone with Beast, and it ends with essentially, you know, Emma's got a plan, and that's fine because I fucking love Emma Frost, fucking love Emma Frost. I can't, I can't wait to see, you know, these, um, these, these two, uh, you know, the X Men and Inhumans throw down with each other, and how this is going to go forward. Um, it's, you know, it's only going to be six issues total. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of tie-ins, and we'll be talking about those uh, probably a couple of those on future episodes. I'm certain it's not just going to be, you know, just punt a whole lot of punching that there's going to be a story running through it, but I'm really, it doesn't, we already know it's going to happen at the end of this anyway. You know, the Inhumans are going to be fine somewhere and the X-Men are going to be fine somewhere else, um, but it's going to be interesting to see how we get there. Yeah, I agree. And uh, something that wasn't brought up that I just wanted to touch upon real quick is um, we didn't see the person who she was talking to in the Hellfire Hellfire Club. Club, All we could see was a dress and some boobs. I did not recognize those boobs. I didn't recognize those boobs either. Yeah, so... um, I know boobs like the back of my hand. I am mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) So she said that Beast has been doing this for six months, as in working with the Inhumans, and he has two months left, mm. and that that should be enough time. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck is she doing? And she's going to plan something in the next two months. Also, when she went to visit Storm, Storm said that Beast had a message, and he wanted a representative from every group of mutants. And mm. Emma was like, 
okay, did it sound like good news? And Sturm was like, no, he didn't sound happy. And she was like, okay, well, in that case, I have a plan. It's probably Shaw from uh, the Hellfire Club. I would imagine it's Shaw. I mean, he's still there, Sebastian Shaw. With the boobs? No, but (laughs) no, I think, all right, listen, what I think is that panel, they were just showing Emma showing up. And there was just some dude with a mask on and some lady with a mask on and the boobs. I don't think I don't think Emma's recruiting these two masked people, one of whom has boobs. I think she went there <laughs> to go talk to Sebastian Shaw. What the fuck? I'm confused. So wait, you're saying that Emma was the one who was sitting on the couch where we saw her boobs? That's yep, you know what? That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm really confused. Emma's right now. Emma's got boobs, Sebastian Shaw has boobs, <laughs> everyone's got boobs. Everyone has boobs. It's boobtastic. <laughs> All right. So uh, anyway, that's it for the books um, for this month uh, that we're going to be discussing. Uh, obviously, we're going to be talking a lot about IVX going forward, and uh, we'll be back in just a little bit. Do you consider yourself a nerd? Have you ever used the phrase totally geeking out right now? If so, boy, do I have some important information for you. Geekade.com is an indie website where you not only get some great contact content regarding video games, comics, television, and more, but you get our many charming personalities as part of the whole package. And oh boy, do I have a package. Wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. How much does it cost to subscribe? Jonathan, shut your foolish capitalist mouth. Geekade is absolutely free and the site releases new content every single day. My goodness, that sounds like such a sweet socialist paradise. It is. We have already we have already seized the means of production. Do you love mutants? Have you named all your children after members of X-Force? Do you have a shrine dedicated to Chris Claremont in your house and or place of employment? That's uh, none of your goddamn business. Well, why not head over to the Facebook page, One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men? The people who run the page love the X-Men too. You can buy cool merchandise and test your knowledge against some challenging trivia questions every day. Merchandise and trivia? Jonathan, that sounds too good to be true. Hey, hey, don't call me a liar. You're the one who dyes your hair. All right, guys. Um, so there's uh, been a bunch of things in the news lately. You know, some stuff more important than other stuff. But this first piece of information that I just wanted to point out was uh, somebody decided to sit down and do an interview with Chris Claremont because Chris Claremont loves talking about himself. I'm sure he pays people to interview him every single day of the week, every fucking day of the year. It sounds uh, like me. I love talking about myself too. But uh, so essentially there there was this uh, piece that I read saying that uh, Chris Claremont says that the Inhumans are replacing the X-Men because of movie rights. And, uh, well, you know what, Chris? I say, welcome to the internet, because that's what we've been talking about for the past two years. So, glad you finally got around to figuring out how to navigate through that series of tubes. Wow, that article sure sounds like the one that I told you to read. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I told you to read that fucking article. All right, so I read it. Now we're talking about it. What's your problem? <laughs> I'm mad because you're supposed to cite your sources. And I'm going to put a link in the fucking description. <laughs> okay, are you going to say that it was my link that I sent to you? It's not your link. I'm not citing you. You're not the one who did the article but or the interview. I told interview. you about it. <laughs> we'll talk about this later. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> All right. Anyway... So, <laughs> next order of business, 
was um so the head of uh, Marvel Studios that's the Marvel Cinematic Universe guy um okay so I don't know exactly how to pronounce this because I, I it looks like Kevin Feige I want to say Feige it looks okay. like it rhymes with beige it looks like it rhymes with with beige but I have heard it pronounced Kevin Feige 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 <laughs> Isn't that like a tree? Like a faggy tree? <gasps> sure. Faggy apple. What is it? Faggy something. That's exactly There's what it a is. Faggy. Faggy. Faggy something. <laughs> faggy something. Um, so, uh, Kevin Faggy something said that the X-Men coming to the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe is impossible right now. He's saying that it, they certainly have enough films to keep them busy for uh, a number of lifetimes, which uh, first I call bullshit on, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. I, I mean, you know, when I saw the headline of this, I was like, oh, really? We got, we got to do this. We just had, well, not just had, but, you know, we know Spider-Man uh, was you know the property of Sony Films and for a very long time and so Sony and you know Marvel made some sort of a deal so Spider-Man could be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and um, so you know now we're getting you know this uh, Spider-Man movie next summer and he's going to be in other probably Avengers related films so you know it would make sense for them try to to try to do the same thing cut a deal with with Fox you know I mean. Uh, we could have like an Avengers versus X-Men movie, maybe. I don't know the logistics of that, but it's certainly a cool thought. And, you know, this guy is essentially saying that that's not going to happen. Can I just interject to say that um, Sony is cool. I love my PlayStation and fuck Fox, fuck Fox News and fuck that guy who owns Fox. Rupert Murdoch? Yeah, fuck Rupert Murdoch. Do you know how old and wrinkly he is? Well, you want to fuck that guy? Fuck you, him with a shovel. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll let you go fuck him if that's what you really want to do Ew. i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna be pissed about that one oh. uh <laughs> anyway but you know the, he's got a they've got enough material to keep busy for lifetimes is what he was saying like yeah, I but don't, apocalypse was fucking horrible yeah no hey listen listen i i, I agree i agree it would <laughs> be cool to have the x-men handle better but i call bullshit i can handle some of <sighs> the x-men <laughs> so i call um you know, bullshit. Uh, there are a lot of different Marvel comic book characters. You know, obviously there are. But how many people are going to be interested in all of these fucking stories for, you know, how long? Like, if they decide to do, uh, you know, a fucking Dark Hawk movie, uh, a Sleepwalker movie, let's pick some other obscure characters from the 90s. Uh, well, they can't do Adam X. I, I would have said Adam X, because, but he's a mutant. So, you know, good, good one there, Fox. You got Adam X. Hell yeah. You know, like, what are they going to do? Fucking, oh, maybe a slapstick now? He's got his own comic book, so fuck, we'll do a whole Netflix series about him. Like, like you're not, you're, you're going to run out of stuff eventually. It's not going to be lifetimes. We're not going to have Avengers 79 coming out, you know, in 2200. I don't know. I, I, I am hopeful that one day they'll cut some sort of a deal. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, but I think something's going to happen down the road for sure. You know, I don't care about the movies as much as you, and uh, we just actually watched the movies last weekend or no, two weekends ago. ago yeah, yeah, a couple weekends <laughs> ago was the first time I saw any of the X-Men movies, the original trilogy. And then he made me, this fucking motherfucker, <laughs> made me sit through the Wolverine movie, which was horrible, and um, I got distracted and didn't pay attention to like the second half. 
But uh, the second movie was okay. So like some of them aren't horrible, but most of them are horrible. So I don't know. Um, and also, I don't want them to fuck up X-23 because I love her. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say about that. Now, the next the next was um, there was a New Mutants animatic that, uh, you know, it's kind of a motion storyboard type thing that was released. And it was, you know, officially like, yep, this is from the New Mutants movie. N- not necessarily something taken straight from the movie that's going to be in there, but just to kind of show an idea of the look and what they're going for in it. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, you know, and the things that we discuss, I'm going to post links to wherever this, you know, uh, wherever I got this info from. Um, so if you haven't seen this, check it out. It was pretty neat. Um, you know, I mean, just a quick description. You have Magic and Lockheed running at the fucking Demon Bear, and that looked pretty badass. Now, Magic's look was changed a little bit, but she had spikes on her shoulder. Um, she's got the sword. Uh, they show Rane and... Um, it's pronounced Rain. Well, I'm going to say Rane because it does not look like Rain. And until somebody from fucking... They did. What? They did. It was um, somebody at Marvel, I think, said that, yeah, it's pronounced Rain. Okay, I'm still going to say Rane. In fact, I prefer to say Renee, but I'm going to say Rane. So Moonstar is on a gurney, and then Cannibal... Can, bleh, cannibal, yeah. Cannonball flies into the fucking Demon Bear in the end. So, I mean, it was pretty much like a minute and a half or something like that, but it was pretty nifty. Uh, I'm, You know, again, this is something that I'm cautiously optimistic about, uh, the new Mutants movie. I heard a rumor that, you know, somebody who's close to somebody who does something for the movie, like, you know, wipes the actor's asses for them, said that they're going for like a horror movie vibe type thing on this, which in all honesty would work. I have read that they're trying to gear this towards a teenage audience. And so to go like horror-ish would make sense. Like, obviously not the slasher type of film, but if you've got, like, you know, the fucking demon bear, like, a dark child, they could make this pretty creepy. I don't know what they're going to go for, but again, this is something I'm excited for. Yeah, I don't know about, you know, having it a horror movie theme, because, like, the... I feel like the comic was just, like, so lighthearted. Yeah. And I don't know how it would work, really, um but you know whatever it is what it is i just i don't want them to ruin everything that i love (laughs) they're not gonna ruin it you can still buy comic books you're still allowed to buy comic books afterwards no they're ruining everything (laughs) right all right so then we've got um you know just within uh you know the the last couple of days of of november they started you know releasing all this news about uh creative teams for resurrection so we've got some details for x-men blue and x-men gold and uh the blue team blue balls and gold balls blue balls and gold balls uh the blue team is going to be led by young gene gray <laughs> and her team is the young x-men Woo! and uh magneto hi jinx <gasps> Gonna, oh my god, it's gonna be like when he um yep. he led the new mutants. the new mutants. Yeah, exactly. In Ex- in the series, New Mutants. Yeah, exactly. Volume one. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> um and then the gold team is gonna be Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Old Man Logan, Shadowcat. I'm gonna be calling her Shadowcat for the rest of my life, I'm not calling her Kitty. Um, and also Rachel. So so that one we don't care about as much. As much, but it'll still be nifty. Um, so the X-Men Gold's writer is going to be Mark Guggenheim, who has done Guggenheim. X-Men. Guggenheim. Mm-hmm. 
Guggenheimer. He's, he's done X-Men. I've done X-Men. Uh-huh. Never mind. <laughs> uh, and he also did uh, the Young X-Men series, mm-hmm. which was definitely... What? <laughs> which was definitely underrated, I think. It wasn't the best series, but again, I'm partial to Teenage Mutants. You really got no joke for that? All right, fine. What? Uh, <laughs> uh, the Young X-Men series, which I, I thought was really good. It only lasted like 12 issues, I think. But um, And the artist is... Uh, the, uh, Adrian? Ardian? I don't know. I don't Ardian know. If, I don't know if I spelled that right or not, but uh somebody that worked on Green Lantern, which Yay. we can't speak of because it's from something else. And so then X-Men Blue, Blue is going to be Colin Bunn. Colin Bunn, who I do like because I like how he's been writing the Uncanny uh series. And okay, so this name I know, but I don't know how to pronounce it because Jorge Molina. But see, that's what I see. I see Jorge when I look at that, but I'm like, could that also be George? No, I don't know. It's Jorge. Fine, it's Jorge. Jorge Molina, who's done artwork for A Force and Star Wars okay, and lots A-Force of other things. A Force is beautiful and Ass Force. Yes. Ass Force One. Yes. Right. Yes. I'm sorry, you were saying something before I said Ass Force? No. Ass? Ass. <laughs> so Iceman is going to be written by an actual gay man who knew those existed. What? And focusing on, sadly, not young Bobby, but an, an older, more mature gay Bobby. But young, so, young, young Bobby is going to be in X-Men Blue, so I, I get that. Okay, so young Iceman is mm-hmm. going to be in X-Men Blue. Balls. Balls. Right, because he's and, cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and... Uh, regular Iceman. No. What? Wait. Young Iceman kind of like has a bay like well, Romeo. Sure. Yeah. And older Iceman is single. He should be having the blue balls. Well, he's going to be in he's since he's got his own series, he's going to find himself a bay, I guess. God, I don't want to say that fucking word. I'm not <laughs> saying that ever again. So, okay, yeah, we talked about this before how we were speculating wildly about what uh Iceman was going to be about and uh, I brought up the old wizard, yes. Bobby. Mm-hmm. We and, talked about uh, that on the show. Yes, I, think. I know yeah. we did. I'm kind of upset that it's middle Bobby, <laughs> but I still love middle Bobby. I love every Bobby. Yeah, no, me too. I don't think we're going to see old fucking ice wizard again, unfortunately, but that certainly would add an interesting dynamic to it. And I saved the best for last. It's the details on Generation X. And I don't care as much because of the creative team. Who so it's it's this woman who was a colorist, but she's a writer, and her name is Christina Strain. I don't I don't know. The artist is Emilcar Pina. I also don't know, at least offhand. But the reason why I'm so excited is because of the characters that are being used. So first of all, Jubilee is leading this team. The students. Are Quentin Quire. Quentin fucking Quire. I boy. I fucking boy. Benjamin Deeds. Benjamin fucking Deeds. Nature Girl. Nature fucking girl. Bling. Bling fuck exclamation point. <laughs> and uh, a new psychometric mutant named Nathaniel Carver. Wow, I thought that said psychedelic. Psychedelic mutant. <gasps> that would make sense because bling is in it. Okay. Also, Chamber is going to be... Um, uh, a guest showing up in the book eventually. Yay! Um, we love guests. Except and- we love guests, except for Pentelette. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that guest is not welcome in this home anymore. Pack your shit and leave. All right. So uh, the uh, and I've got a direct quote here, but again, I'll I'll, I'll post the link. And um, so the next generation of X Men, the next generation of ambassadors, the next generation of well, 
lovable losers. These are our Gen Xers. They include mutants with benign powers, mutants who are considered liabilities during missions and or battles, and mutants with personalities ill-fitting of an ambassador. They're basically all mutants who just don't seem to fit in anywhere, including the very school where they were promised they would fit in. So that's the quote um, describing the series, and I say, shut up. This is fucking wonderful. I've never been more excited about a comic book in my life, um, except for when I saw the cover for X-Force uh, Volume, what, 3? Is it? Uh, number 21 with Pyro on the cover with uh, Clayton Crane's three. with Clayton Crane's artwork. That was fucking amazing. But, um, yeah, so Quentin Quire is, is badass. You know, he's going to be... so fucking happy. He's going to be a bad boy, and I he's going to... I missed gonna, him so much. iBoy's going to be in there. iBoy's pretty cool. I liked iBoy. Mm. Well, no, I mean, he, he's never been showed off, really. But, you know, there was uh, this one storyline. They showed him in the future where he was called iMan. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, he can see, like, he can see stuff that no one else can. If there's, like, magic in the air or something fucked up going on, invisible to the normal naked eye, he can see it. So, whatever. He basically just has a lot of eyeballs. He's got a lot of eyeballs, but he's cool. Um, Benjamin Deeds, which I'm really happy about because he was, you know, featured, not even really featured, but he was in the last volume of Uncanny, and then he kind of just fell off the face of the earth. Um, There was that issue where Emma took him out, um, you know, to kind of practice his powers. He revealed that he was gay, and then it was like, all right, so we're not talking about this guy anymore. And he's going to be in this series, so that's Wait, what cool. what was his code name again? He didn't have a code name. That's the really? thing. Yeah. I thought I looked him up and, like, because I didn't recognize the name. I don't remember him. Right. Yeah, no, there was, you know, Gold Balls, Triage, Tempest, and just fucking Benjamin Deeds. So I'm, I'm glad that he's going to get some more play here. Uh, Bling is somebody that uh, we haven't seen in a while. I mean, she was featured a bit, I think, in, um, you know, uh, a story in X-Men Legacy. I know she's appeared since, but, you know, it's kind of cool that she's going to be featured in this series. Also, she's, she's gay as well, so they're taking, you know, another, you know, homosexual character and throwing them in this book. What I'm most excited about is Nature Girl. Thank fucking God. Because if she's part of the core team of this book, that means we are going to get to see her in action. She has literally used her powers, like, I think twice in the few years that she's been around. And it's really funny because I wrote a D-list article about her months ago. And since the announcement of... uh, the team of uh, the team members of Generation X, the uh, D-list article on Nature Girls got a lot of views recently. So I mean, go check out my article on her. Uh, I cover you know sort of her appearances, and it's not exactly like a Wikipedia article, the the column that I write for Geekade. But if you want, go check it out. If not, what the fuck ever. So so I looked it up, and it was suggested that uh, Emma suggested that his code name be Morph. But he didn't like it, and he joked that he would have taken the name Gold Balls if it wasn't already taken. Nice. Morph was already a name, though. Morph was already a name that was taken by, uh, what was his name? Kevin Sidney. Okay. (laughs) All right, guys. Um, So I think that's going to be it for this month's episode of Mutant Musings. Remember, we don't want to just talk at you. Good relationships are about give and take. We'd love to hear what you think about what we think or just what you think about the state of X in general. You can leave a comment right here on Geekade or go through the wild and crazy series of tubes that are the internet and leave a comment on one of Geekade's many social media platforms. Until next month, Beak was right, even though he looked so wrong. Bye.